0: Hello, and welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, head ninja at Exposure Ninja and best selling digital marketing author. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the sales funnel. Now, every business has a sales funnel, whether they've clearly defined it or not. And we're going to be looking at how different digital marketing techniques can be used to help people through each stage of your sales funnel to maximize the leads and sales that your website generates for you. If you'd like some free help and advice to increase the leads and sales generated by your website, then head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and fill in your details and one of our expert marketing team will take a look at your website, your competitors and your market and they'll outline a personalized strategic plan that you can follow to increase the leads and sales through your site over the next 6 to 12 months. This is completely free and it will be sent over to you as a 20 to 30 minute video, super cool. So head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Exposure Ninja podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to turbocharge your sales funnel. So every business has a sales funnel, even if you haven't consciously planned for it. But what this episode is going to do, we're going to discuss the stages of a sales funnel. And hopefully this is going to give you some insight into how you can improve what you're doing at the moment and get better results. The the first thing be, before we get started would be, uh, Tim, could you just define what a sales funnel actually is and and, and the actual uh, process that somebody goes through uh, when they're converting into a sale for a business?
0: Okay, so this is the process that people go through when they decide to buy something or they decide to do anything, right? So this process always happens. You can't skip any stages. It's always the same. Um, and, and these there are four stages to the sales funnel they are awareness, interest, desire, action. So you can think of the AIDA thingy. Um, This is kind of well-established. It's an old marketing thing. Basically, it means that before anything happens, somebody has to first become aware of you, aware of your product, aware of the solution. They then have to be interested in it. So it has to pique their interest enough that they feel a desire to purchase or desire to move forward or take whatever action you're asking them to take. And once they've had enough of that desire then they then take the action so those are the four stages i think it might be useful to look at a couple of kind of real life examples so you can see how this works so i was in france on holiday and uh walking past a bakery and i just kind of looked at the bakery registered that it was at a bakery so that was the awareness phase the interest phase happened because they had some nicely presented macarons in the window so all of a sudden i'm actually focused on this bakery looking at these macarons that did enough to draw me to the window, at which point I saw an apple cake in the uh, in the fridge. As soon as I saw this apple cake and I saw the quality of the stuff that this bakery was selling, I felt a lot of desire. So the next stage was action. I bought and devoured the apple cake. So that's the kind of the, the, the process that, that we go through when we buy anything.
1: There's a couple of questions so I want to just ask you about that example. We're probably going to get stuck into into some of the things about how you would achieve these these different goals, and and we're going to talk about you know what are the best marketing techniques to use for each of these goals. That business probably isn't aware that their that their customers are going through that sales funnel. I would imagine. So I would I would bet that their their sales window is probably set up in such a way in order to increase interest and desire, but they probably might not think about specific things like awareness. Of, of their business to start with. And action, again, is, is something that they may not consider, you know, you know, they'll consider obviously that, you know, they want you to buy that product, but they may not consider that there are different ways for for people to achieve that. And so so they may not actually be sort of placing an emphasis on that.
0: Yeah, that, that, it's, it's a good point. I mean, I, I think some of these things they're doing subconsciously. So for example, by placing the shop in a busy street, they're tapping into the awareness thing. They know that if they're on a quiet street, they're not gonna have as much awareness. They're not gonna get as many sales. By putting brightly colored macarons in the window, they're attracting me, right? Like a flower, does to a bee. that was a conscious decision to put the macarons. They didn't just put you know a few loaves of bread there. They put the stuff in there, which is going to pique people's awareness and interest and trigger some desire as well. And then the layout inside the inside the bakery, all those products are there to to elicit desire. So they they they're taking care of all of these things. They they're leading the the customer through the right steps even if they're not consciously aware even if they haven't um, deliberately designed um their, their funnel
1: okay cool so so you think that it's something that is going to happen sort of regardless of whether or not somebody's doing it but we are obviously going to talk in a little bit about why you know paying some conscious effort to it can can sort of improve the results that's the idea isn't
0: it yeah as soon as you're conscious of it you can fix the pieces that are that are maybe not as strong in your business so they'll be There are businesses out there which um, are are doing a really good job of, say, three of the four elements, but without realizing it, they're letting themselves down on at least one of those elements. And it means that the results of the whole thing aren't as good as they could be. Um, So having awareness of the, the, the process that people are going through and then checking that against your existing sales funnel is where you find all the low hanging fruit.
1: Okay fantastic so yeah we'll talk a little bit more about how you can figure out where you might be letting your business down later on in this episode um do you want to give your example of a, of an online business that's uh, going through this sales funnel
0: Yeah so um I it's christmas time and um it's time to buy presents and um I wanted to buy my wife a waterproof iPod because she does a lot of swimming and she likes listening to the same songs over and over again so I thought an, an iPod would be perfect so when it came time to, to kind of look around and do some research, the first thing I did was I searched on Google for solutions to this problem. So what can you listen to while you're swimming? So at that stage, the organic SEO results were giving me awareness of different solutions. So I quite quickly opened a few tabs to have a look at the different sort of options available. What can you do with you know wireless earphones, whether you needed a, a different type of MP3 player, you know, w- w- what are the basic options that are out there? At that stage you start filtering things down don't you so you look at the most suitable solutions that that's the interest phase so i'm whittling them down based on okay so i don't think this solution will work because bluetooth water not a great combination so i'm not really interested in that this other solution over here yes i'm interested in that so once i'm at that stage i'm interested enough i know that it's going to meet my needs enough that i'm ready to take action right i, ha- I have the desire i know that i want this thing So then it becomes the and then comes the action phase so when i'm in that action phase i'm i'm basically ready to buy it at this point in time my value to a shop that sells this product is massive right they should be willing to pay an amount that's equal to the profit in the product minus like one p or whatever because i'm i'm a guaranteed purchaser so at that stage i become the most valuable person ever online because i'm typing a specific product name into google to see what to buy i find a store that sells this product i then have to well even once i've i've got the desire and i'm ready to take action i still go through exactly the same process with the store that i choose so let's say i click on a search result I know that I want this particular product. I've still got to go through the AIDA process with this store. So first thing, I'm aware that these guys sell this product. That's great. I'm interested in it. Yes, I can see that it you know, looks like it's in stock. It looks like the sort of thing that I was just looking for. Um, I have Desire. Yeah, it looks like a good shop. They've got some reviews there. That looks good. They've got a refund policy. They've got good delivery terms. And now I'm ready to take action. So that's an example of, a, of an online thing. So we've got kind of a a kind of macro and micro AIDA process going on as well. So even if somebody knows that you sell something, which is exactly what they're looking for, they still need to go through that AIDA process on your website. So there's a a kind of larger AIDA process that they go through to decide on a particular solution and then a smaller one, which they go through on your site before they convert. Okay. So so one's kind of,
1: you know, the, the process for the individual product and then one's the process for the individual company that you're purchasing the product from and, and those things can be separate from each other. Yeah. That's that's an interesting
0: yeah. thing. I mean um, the best thing, if if you're selling the product, the best thing is to combine the whole thing in, in into one. You know, that's the most profitable thing. So the ultimate solution would be I search for this issue that I have. There's a blog post up, which kind of gives me a few different solutions and then sells me the product right from that blog post. That's, you know, that's why we have content marketing. That's why people spend time on making YouTube videos because they want to kind of contain that entire process. They don't want someone to have to go around and find an alternative place to buy the thing that they've just researched. They want to be able to buy it from that place because they already trust it they, i've just spent three minutes reading about solutions i trust you just sell me the thing okay cool so one question that i wonder whether or not
1: some of the people listening might be asking is uh, might be thinking to themselves is you know why do we need to go through through this process can't we just focus purely on the on the action stage so you said yourself that actually those two things can be kind of separate. Um, anyway, so, you know, as a business, maybe I should just put all of my marketing effort into, um, advertising the kind of advertising, which is going to get somebody to take an action then and there without, without worrying about the, the other three stages. It it may, you know, what's the kind of reasoning behind, you know, why would you say that's a bad idea? Why shouldn't I do that? And why should I care about the sales funnel?
0: So the trouble is trying to skip the awareness, the interest, and the desire is is basically like a guy saying, "Hey, can't we just skip the talking bit? Want to come back to mine?" It's 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 just not how people make decisions. As I say, even if I know that I want this particular product, I still have to go through the awareness, interest, desire, action process on your website before I'm going to purchase it. Um, so just force, you know, it's 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 impossible to get over that. We we have to go through that. Somebody has to want. They have to want it. They have to know that you're going to be a good fit for them. They have to know that you're a better option than others. So they, they have to feel all of these things. There's, there's no way to shortcut it really.
1: Okay. Um, so I mean that, that, immediate, that example makes me immediately think of a quote by Richard Feynman. So, so Richard Feynman used to say that, you know, picking up a woman's really easy, all you have to do is go up to a hundred women and ask all of them if they want to come back to yours. And one of them, <laughs> them might say, yes. So um, I guess that is, you know, an an action that you could take with your marketing. But obviously, what you're saying is that if you focus on the other parts, you're going to get much better results, you're going to get more than one in 100.
0: Well, even so, you're still taking that process, right? You've got to go up to her and ask her. So by going up to her and asking her, you're triggering awareness. You definitely have their interest while you're asking a question like that. You're hoping that there's enough pent up desire that you get a favourable action. But okay even so you're still going through the aida process
1: yeah it's just maybe you're not you're not doing those stages as, as well as you could be if you if you had thought about it a little bit more detail before you before you jump straight in
0: yeah and i mean you know that's that's the equivalent online of an impulse purchase right so you can definitely accelerate people's speed through this thing so if you have a really nice marketing piece you know you see a lot of stuff on facebook from smart e-commerce companies that get the targeting just right they have a short video which just shows a, shows really clearly uh, a product in action. I saw one this morning for like an iPhone, a magnetic iPhone charger connector, right? So they targeted me because I have an iPhone. They targeted, you know, th- 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 they'd shown this ad to people that have iPhones. You know, the video immediately told me what this product does. It triggered some interest in me because it addressed the problem which every iPhone owner has, which is the cables really annoying the the thing was cool enough the video demonstration was good enough that it it actually triggered quite a lot of desire in me it didn't spur me to take action but hey if they retarget me a few times i'm probably going to buy the thing okay yeah so it's
1: these this kind of stay this kind of sales funnel these processes can be pretty quick they don't all have to be you know things that take take days in in each kind of stage stage of the process they can happen in in the matter of minutes can they
0: oh yeah and and you know with a true impulse purchase they can happen in seconds It really depends on the, it depends on the size of the thing that you're selling and the risk involved. So buying something like a different iPhone connector, very low risk, buying a car or marrying someone very high risk. So you're going to have, you're going to spend a lot more time working on particularly the interest and the desire elements uh, for a larger sale
1: okay so let's let's move on then the the next thing that i want to discuss is uh so we've identified that there's four stages of the the sales funnel so we've got awareness interest desire and then action now there are different marketing techniques that work well for for each of those uh parts of the process so i think it might be helpful for some people to you know let's have a discussion about kind of what works best for creating awareness of a, of a new business or a new product
0: what marketing techniques should we be focusing on if we're in that part of the sales funnel okay so when when we're thinking about awareness we're thinking of real top of funnel informational broad stuff okay so someone might be aware of our business if they see a post that someone shared on social media they might be aware of our business if they type something in to Google and they get a search result. They might be aware of us if they look for something on YouTube and they see us there. We can also do things like joint ventures and email drops. So you can have someone who has an established list of people that are relevant potential customers for you and they can send out an email on your behalf to their list telling you, uh, telling them about you. Um, you can write blogs on popular magazines, you can do digital pr you can guess you know there are loads of kind of ways to be to be seen at the real um top of funnel area and typically we're looking to educate at this stage so we're not really looking to sell at all when you're when you have a website showing up in organic search you're really the the listing that shows up your page title and your meta description is there to communicate value about the page We're not trying to sell the product from that meta type, uh, from that page title and that meta description. So, when we're at this real top of funnel with the social media posts and all of that stuff, we're really just trying to the the best that we can get with that is get someone to the desire stage. So, really, we're just looking for awareness, having them know that we're out there and, and interest. They might have a little bit of curiosity about how we can solve their problems, how we can take them closer to their goals, and maybe we can get some desire desire from them so yeah those sort of broader top of funnel things are, are what we do to beef up the awareness part of the funnel
1: so this is always going to be a very kind of broad sort of marketing channel, isn't it? It's always going to be attracting a large number of people, which is then going to kind of get whittled down in in each stage of the process. So these are always
0: going to be sort of really general marketing messages, I would take it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Typ- I mean, typically they would be Of obviously if you're doing things like blogs. But again, you can also you also have to go through this process, even if you're targeting people who are ready to buy a particular item. So if you're advertising on AdWords for an exact product keyword, you have to go through AIDA. So at that stage, you know, you, you're advertising on AdWords and you're still trying to get people's awareness. You're still trying to show them that they're there by making your ads show up prominently. You're still trying to pique their interest by showing them something in the ad, which is makes you more attractive than, than your competitors. And you're still trying to elicit desire by giving them some sort of benefit, free delivery, next day delivery or, or something like that. So, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't have to be completely broad message. But for most people, this is the, the broadest message that they ever use is at the awareness stage.
1: So it's it's worth just mentioning at this point. The reason actually that we decided to record this episode is because of a conversation that we had over in the digital marketing mastermind Facebook group. So so there we were talking with somebody who's running a Facebook campaign and basically they're asking cold traffic to to turn into potential customers. They're asking they're asking people to sign up for something that costs uh 350 pounds, I think it was. For an unlikely action for people to take, you know, if they're sort of completely new to the business um and so what we discussed with him was you know me- methods for him to to focus on awareness and that's something that he's now looking at improving as part of his sales funnel and so yeah i want to just bring that up as well because obviously yeah, if you haven't already heard that we are now have launched the the digital marketing mastermind Facebook group and yeah if you wanted to join that we'd be happy to help you out with any marketing questions that you might have there and they may sort of help us with fut- future episodes of this podcast as well
0: yeah. And that's a really good example, because that's such a classic thing that that people will do. You know, they think I'm spending money on this advert, so I need to get an immediate return on that investment. So if I'm getting, you know, let's say I'm spending £200 on Facebook ads this week, I need to at least sell something for £500 on from from those Facebook ads it gets in the way of them creating a good facebook funnel because they're thinking of immediate return on their investment they're not thinking what is my larger sales funnel what's the process that everybody needs to go through if they're going to buy from me and then how can I start putting people in at the at the entrance of that funnel our funnel for our business it can take some people 3 years to buy from us right i was looking through our our analytics our um our funnel paths And the visualizations there some people have you know 90 interactions with our website before they convert it's just getting out of the way of thinking this is a one-shot thing right i'm i'm going to run an ad i'm going to get someone on my page i'm immediately going to sell to them it doesn't have to be like that Um, we we talk about lead generation a lot but yeah i think it's a really really good example that you brought up
1: yeah also kind of Brings up something which we were mentioning earlier. Obviously, why can't we just strip, skip straight to the sales part of the funnel? Like, people always are going to get you know one or two conversions that way if they just focus on that action stage. I mean, I'm sure it, it you know Exposure Ninja gets people that that sign up you know, after hearing about us, you know, once they, they, they're already willing to, to take that action, that, that action part. Um, but yeah, like you say that there's other people out there that, that are going to take much, much longer to get through that sales funnel. And if, and if we didn't have, you know, all of the stages worked on already, then, then somebody's not going to take 90 interactions with a website that the only thing on the website says, says buy now. Yeah. So those yeah. are the people that you're going to miss out on. It's it's that and you know it's increasing the the conversion rate from 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 that one percent down you know to to five ten you know fifteen percent is getting those numbers higher and higher, isn't it by increasing this sales funnel as well?
0: Yeah, and and in some cases the fact that there is you know there's latent demand in your market, and as soon as you put an offer in front of someone that already knows they want that thing, they're going to buy it. But like you say, that's a tiny percentage of people. In some cases, that's actually it's actually quite a damaging thing to happen because someone will put some ads out there like maybe the the guy in the mastermind facebook group put some ads out there and you know that probably the worst thing that could happen is one person buys from that and then he's thinking okay so cool this is a funnel that that kind of works this is the most efficient funnel so i just need to scale it you know there's a much more accurate way of doing that it's a little bit it feels a little bit kind of like you're going around the houses or whatever but it's actually a much more effective, longer term funnel. So yeah, you're not you're not just going for the immediate purchase at all. But yeah. take them, obviously take them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it does make me wonder, obviously, uh, we're, we're starting at the top of the sales funnel and working our way down in this podcast episode. I wonder if there's people out there listening that are already thinking, why don't they get to the sales
0: part? That's what I'm really interested in. It's like, no, no, that you're missing the point. You need to be doing this stuff first. Exactly. It's rarely the sales part that's broken or the most <laughs> broken, let's say. Okay, so so we've, discuss, so we've discussed the, uh, the awareness part of the sales funnel. You want be
1: focusing on things like SEO, uh, YouTube videos could be really fantastic, social media posts, and then also uh, digital PR and blog posts as well. What kind of
0: techniques would you recommend for generating interest? Okay, so once we've got people, once people are aware of us, the interest stage is how we follow up with them, how we take it from, oh, look, there's a bakery to, oh, let me go and see what's in there. So we want to stop people in their tracks. We want to show them something which which grabs their attention. So there's a few ways to do this. Obviously when they land on our website having some kind of CTA which is interesting, right? So some kind of CTA which is interesting to them, not just join our newsletter or some, you know, horrible stuff like that. So this is where
1: the the free stuff comes into it, isn't it? This is where having, you know, a lead generation offer of some point
0: of some kind is is worthwhile, right? Exactly, because What the interest really is, is somebody saying, oh, do you know what? I think these guys might be able to help me get me, they might be able to help get me closer to my goals. So that's really what we're trying to communicate. So yeah, this is a website copy. This is the CTA. If they follow you on social, it's your social posts. This is why we don't just post memes all day long because we want to show people that they can get closer to their goals if they buy from you, right? We also might do some retargeting. So if they land on your website or they watch one of your ads on Facebook or whatever you want to retarget them because they're already aware of you. So now it's time to pique their interest and get their attention. Um, You might run a webinar. So a CTA that we use on our site is to jump onto a webinar and see behind the scenes on some SEO success stories. Pretty much everyone that we work with has been through that webinar. There's no pitch in the webinar at all. It's just completely soft. Hey, check this out. You know, see what I think we might we might suggest a free review at the end of it, but really it's like an hour of or an hour or so of just interesting stuff, right? It's just designed to peak interest. It's not designed to be a sales tool at all. Most people, when they're doing a webinar, they're like, Cool, what can we sell? Well, you know the trouble is with that is that every every time someone sees something from you they think okay where's the sale coming you know i'm ready for i'm ready for it i'm watching the whole thing skeptical whereas if it's just good stuff they're like okay this is cool i've been rewarded for taking an action with these guys and it was completely free i wonder what would happen if i paid them it would probably be even better so yeah basically retargeting the emails that you send out to people the posts that you do on social any follow-up content all of that stuff is around the interest
1: yeah and i think it's worth pointing out as well that people are pretty kind of clued up to to a sales pitch these days so you know if you're if you're creating a webinar and, and it's quite pretty obvious that you know this is actually just a sales pitch for your product and it's not really providing any value then then that means that you're going to get a much kind of smaller audience than you would do if it was just providing people with something useful as well so you know it you're going to get much bigger numbers if you're if you just focus on interest rather than trying to you know get people on that action stage of the of the sales funnel even though obviously that is what you want eventually but Yeah, Yeah.
0: just focusing on the interest is a much better idea at this point. Yes, completely. Exactly spot on, Noz. Yeah, totally. And this is also why your website shouldn't just be sales pitch. There should be some informational content on there as well, normally in a blog or a knowledge base or something like that. But yeah, your website is not just a sales tool because as a sales tool, the only people that it's going to convert are people who are ready to buy now? And as we've seen, that's approximately, you know, generously, that is one quarter of, of the entire audience. Um, really, the the number of people that are at the action stage of the funnel is is much, much smaller. Maybe, I don't know, what it is, five percent maybe. So we've got all those other people that at some point are going to be interested, at some point they're gonna be relevant. They're not gonna to respond to pure sales pitch. So your website has to have a a good amount of informational content as well.
1: Uh, one thing I noticed in the in the notes here, we've got social media down in awareness and also in the interest stages of the sales funnel. Um, is there a, a difference in in the type of content that you'd be posting to social media to achieve those goals? And and if so, what is that that difference?
0: I was talking recently with the guy who uh, runs Dollar Beard Club. Really smart guy. So they built a business to ten million dollars in one year using a few viral videos. Their accidental funnel, because they, you know, there was there's not a huge amount of planning behind their massive growth. They had a they stumbled on a video which did a really good job of raising awareness and triggering some interest. They there was enough latent desire in that market that they did well from it. But their their kind of social media funnel, their inadvertent social media funnel, was a viral video which got so much sharing and so much attention the awareness for dollar beer club became huge now that sort of thing isn't necessarily i mean there was a there was a bit of interest in there but if you were to be running a a more kind of structured and considered campaign they'd probably also be sharing stuff about the benefits of their product or they might share some testimonials or case studies you know all of that stuff would would create interest but also desire so there's, there's kind of real top of funnel um, social media awareness stuff, maybe sharing entertaining things, and then the interest piece is more about the informational or the educational content. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Next, my next question is: so we've we've
1: also got Facebook adverts in pretty much every stage of the funnel, which which I can I can definitely see why. My my question is: uh, so so with uh, advertising. Would we be better off, you know, spending spending specifically advertising dollars on on later stages of the funnel? Because those are the ones that are going to have a return on investment or, you know, you know, is there a kind of uh, a split that you would recommend between the sort of different stages of the funnel? For example, you know, less on awareness because because it's less likely to result in a sale or anything like that. Or, um, yeah, have you got any sort of advice with that
0: yeah it's, uh, that's a good question it's tough to come up with a a, a kind of split which works for everyone because it really depends on it depends on two things right it depends on how qualified the people are once they've seen your awareness piece so let's say that you've got a really broad awareness piece like a viral video or a meme or something that you're that you're um you're paying to promote on facebook are all of the people that like that good candidates for your business well if they are then you want to put as much money possible through that awareness piece um, and then retarget all these people if it's just if your awareness piece is super super broad such as dollar beer clubs because dollar Beer club was shared by loads of people that didn't have beards as well you know it's just an entertaining video with some lions and some women in and stuff like loads of people were sharing that who who weren't um who weren't super targeted for their business so they might spend maybe less on on the retargeting because because you know that just just because somebody's aware of the business doesn't mean they're necessarily qualified your your split between retargeting and initial awareness also depends on where your i guess where your funnel is lacking at the moment so if loads of people know about you but not many people are buying then you definitely want to do some you'd want to put more into into retargeting if people just straight up don't know that you exist if you're brand new or whatever, or you've never done any marketing before, then you're going to have to put more into awareness. So it's not really possible to give a a, a kind of rule of a split. Yeah, I, I don't know. What what would you say if if uh, if a typical business came up and said, "Hey, I've you know we're not really getting much business, but um, we know that we want to we want to raise some awareness, but we also want to trigger desire and um, and generate some interest." What what would your recommendations be for Facebook ads?
1: Uh, well I think like you say yeah is, there's no never going to be one specific answer I think yeah probably the best thing is you know where is your actual sales funnel lacking so everybody wants sales obviously but if if you know your conversion rate on your leads is actually really good then you it's probably not you know advertising that's that's action based that's that's what you need what you need is to get more people into the funnel in the first place so like you say it probably is focusing on on the weaker areas of the funnel so um yeah i think that's probably the the best advice you can really give is is more you know that the split should be where you're where you're lacking really
0: yeah yeah i completely agree him um, you know for for us i've noticed that we've once once someone kind of becomes aware of us we we tend to do pretty well so we've got some retargeting stuff up but really we're good enough at the front end lead generation piece that our main goal is now just more awareness because if we can get someone signed up, hey, we've got a funnel which takes care of all the rest. We don't need to spend too much on remarketing. So um, yeah, that's uh, it, it just depends on the business, depends what's lacking, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, like you say, obviously, we've got the kind of website where somebody is, is willing to take 90 actions on the website because of providing, you know, free content or providing them with something that's going to be interesting and useful to them. So if they actually come back themselves. We don't need to be to be yeah, sort of focusing on that part of the sales funnel. What we need is just to get people to notice us in the first place, really. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of where most people think that they are is. Everybody thinks I have an awareness problem. I guess we'll we'll come back into funnel diagnosis um a bit later on anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's going to be uh, the the next stage of this. Let's let's finish the uh, the sales funnel out. So we've covered awareness and interest. What are the best marketing techniques we can be using to
0: increase desire? Okay, so at this stage, you've got to imagine that somebody knows you exist. They broadly know what it is that you do and they might even start to believe that you can take them closer to to their goals. So what you've got to focus on and your main goal in life is now to trigger them, to to make them want you basically. So this is just like a relationship. You need to give them a taste of, of what they're gonna get. So your lead generation bait, your lead magnet needs to be really good. Um, you need to you can share things like case studies. Case studies are really good because it's social proof showing that other people have taken the action, other people have done something with you and they've had a good result. Um, so in the relationship experience, you know, if you spoke to someone who who knew this person and they said, oh, yeah, do you know what? They're a really solid person. Well, that'd be a really good way to build desire. That actually happened with, uh, with me and my wife, this girl, this crazy girl contacted me on Facebook and we, we were talking for a bit and I was like, oh yeah, whatever, she's like another crazy. And then I talked to a friend who I really trust and he said, oh dude, no, no, I know that girl, she's actually really awesome, no, she's really cool. And I was like, okay, cool, well that's a, that's a, a trusted case study, that's social proof. Um, which is is enough to to build desire in me that I will actually want to talk to this guy and, and maybe hang out and whereas we'll I'm getting married so so yeah that's that's how you build desire <laughs> <laughs> okay so, so it's all about the the case studies
1: it's all about proving that it's it's worthwhile spending time with this business or or this person or whatever
0: yeah and, and it might be that somebody you know someone takes some sort of action with you if they sign up to your email list, what do they get? Do they just get a bunch of rubbish pitches or do they get something that's really awesome and demonstrates that you're a killer in your field? Because if you demonstrate that you're a killer in their, in your field and all they had to do was give you their email address and all of a sudden they got this amazing stuff. Well, they're going to feel much more desire towards you than if they just sign up for your email newsletter and you spam them every you know, every once a month or something with some really boring thing that has absolutely no relevance to them. They're not going to feel any desire for that at all, are they? It's like when you, I don't know, I know we keep coming back to relationships, but the whole thing is so similar to a relationship. There's a reason that people always use that cliche for this. It's like you're courting and someone keeps getting you gifts and they keep you know demonstrating that they're an awesome you know they take you on a helicopter to Monaco for your first date or something you're like hell yeah I'm well into this so you got to try and replicate that experience with your business. Easy, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I, for me, I think this is probably one of the the more difficult stages of the sales funnel because some of the examples that we've that we've got down here using Facebook advertising to you know, increase somebody's desire, or email follow up, or retargeting and remarketing all of those things you can do horribly horribly wrong you can you can make somebody hate your business if you you know just follow them around the internet and you just say hey sign up for our service hey sign up for our service and you don't provide them with that kind of you know a reason for that people feel like they're achieving that desired goal because they're they're sort of you know advertising to that person more and they're pretty sure that this person you know is likely to become their customer because they've already done their research into into this kind of person but they can actually be ending up kind of you know getting rid of that desire in that in that customer do do you think there's sort of pitfalls there do you think that is a serious concern or
0: yeah this is this is the the exact problem that this is probably the most common problem of, of all of them and i know we'll get into funnel diagnosis later but if if you notice that you're getting a lot of traffic to your website or to your social page, but you're not making sales, it's either cause you haven't done enough to pique people's interest. So they just kind of glance over you and then they bounce and they leave, or it's because they've spent time on the site, but you haven't done enough to build that desire. Like they don't actually want you, they don't find you attractive. So you've got to do more to, to make yourself more attractive, to put your best stuff out there, to give them some sort of result as quickly as possible and if possible, free. No, that's great. Um, so, right, we've covered
1: desire. Let's move on to the last stage of the funnel. So this is taking an action on the website. Um, assuming that we've already done the desire phage, this should be easy, right?
0: Yeah, this is about basically not getting in the way of the, of the conversion. So on a website, this is CRO. This is having a nice checkout process. This is about putting your buttons in the right places. It's about allowing people to pay through different payment processes. You know, this is it, it's, it's quite a technical thing. I, well, I guess there's a technical component. There's also making sure that the, the exact promotion and the, the price and everything is right too. Um, we will see this messed up most often in e-commerce where there's for example people go through the checkout and then they get lumped with a massive delivery cost or some really unfavorable delivery terms and and they end up dropping the ball right that person they wanted to take action they had the desire they went through the checkout process and then you messed up and then they left you'll see this with a with a service business or a local business often with a breakdown in their sales process So somebody wants to get in touch, maybe they ring the phone, the phone, no one picks up on time, and they go somewhere else, or they drop an email through the email form on the website, they get an automatic response, or they get no response, and then nothing happens, like no one follows up. So often the breakdowns in the action stage are due to someone messing up or something being broken. Um, because once someone has the desire and you know they're ready, it's just it, it's it's up to you to destroy that, really.
1: <laughs> okay, so so making the process as easy as possible—that's kind of what we're focusing on here. Um, we've also got a couple of other um, things that you might do to spur action. Um, that I just want to ask you about. So uh, we've got um, promotions. So it's so running some kind of promotional offer. Um, th- does that come under spurring action, or is that desire, or is that a sort of mixture of both? Do you think?
0: well it's kind of a mixture of both what what you might be doing here is let's say that you, you you've got a warm list of people who are potentially interested or or even that you know you know are definitely interested but for whatever reason they haven't taken that action so this is where you'd you'd give them something some extra incentive to get them to to, to to make the move so for example you might have an exit pop-up on on your e-commerce site if someone motions to leave the site after they've put something in your basket you might have a little exit pop which says get 10 percent off or get a free gift or something like that so we're just trying to get them. They, they don't quite have enough desire to buy or they've tried to buy and it hasn't really worked out so we just need to give them an extra option or you might have if they're motion to move and leave the site from a uh, checkout page you might have a little live chat thing that pops up that says hey is everything okay can we help you out so um, time specific promotions can work well like value promotions can work well if you've got an email list where you know, you've got a bunch of people who are ready to buy, but they haven't done anything yet. Then you can say, Hey, you know, whatever, buy this week and you get a free X. So that that sort of thing can work.
1: Um, So that's pretty much every stage of the sales funnel. So we've gone from awareness to generating interest, to desire, and then finally to taking action. That's an overview of the sales funnel and and what you should be doing in terms of marketing at each stage of that funnel. Uh, After we come back from the break, we're gonna be discussing um, how to diagnose where the problem actually is in your sales funnel and then what to do about that problem. Interested in learning more about digital marketing and want to access the latest ninja strategies? The Exposure Ninja blog is where we share some of our coolest stuff, so if you want to see behind the scenes of some real-life marketing campaigns, find out what's working for us on the front line, and keep up to date with the latest in digital marketing, head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash blog. We update it regularly, at least twice a week. So if you want to learn more about websites, SEO, pay-per-click, social, Facebook ads, or anything else digital marketing, then head over and subscribe. At forward slash blog. Okay, so we've now just discussed the elements of the sales funnel. We've discussed, you know, what marketing techniques you should be using in each part of that funnel. Right. How how can we tell which parts of the sales funnel actually have some low hanging fruit that
0: we should focus on? Okay, the first thing is people often misdiagnose their own problems. So typically people think that they have an awareness problem, right? They think that people don't know anything about their business. Often there are there is definitely low hanging fruit there, so we can definitely make more people aware of your business. But um, really the, the, the things I'd look at is if you've got traffic already coming to your website, but it's not turning into customers, then you have an interest or a desire problem. Let's say that we get a thousand visitors to the site, and we get one conversion right so that's a 0.1% conversion rate that tells me that there's an interest or a desire problem there we're not offering people something of interest to them or we're not giving them a call to action which is desirable enough we're not we're not communicating a benefit which is um which, which they want enough to convert if people are coming onto your website and they're following you or they're signing up for an email update or something like that, it shows that they're interested, it shows that they kind of get your vibe, they understand what you're about, but if they're not converting, then again, we have a desire problem. So we're not giving them something which is compelling enough to make them, uh, which is compelling enough to, to take cause them to take action. If we get people who are coming onto your site, they're sticking around, they're adding stuff into their basket, they're not checking out, for example, then that's obviously an action problem. So we can look at the stats, even just on your website, and say, okay, this looks like it could be a problem with awareness, interest, desire, or action. Okay, cool.
1: So um so you, you cover quite a lot there. Um, would you start from a kind of a, a top down approach or, or a kind of bottom up approach? Would you be start would you would you look at, you know, the traffic volume first or would you look at the the conversion rate first if you were they're sort of trying to identify a problem
0: okay so I definitely start from the traffic is this website getting a lot of hits if we land on a site if we if someone sends us analytics and they're getting like 100 hits a month okay it doesn't really matter what the other stuff is because we've got a problem here with awareness that needs to be sold before anything else is going to happen if the site's getting hits but it's not really getting conversions then it's a case of looking at okay so where are these people coming in what are they looking at if they're coming in because they've searched on google images for a picture of a cow and they're finding a cow on your website then obviously you know that we, we have an interest thing there right so people just aren't interested in your business the traffic's not qualified or whatever if people are coming in and they're landing on blog posts but they're not converting then we need to turn more of that into desire so we need to get some compelling ctas in there, getting them signed up for stuff if they're coming in they're you know, going through the checkout process, whatever, and then they're abandoning. Then we know that it's an action process. Uh, sorry, an action problem. So, yeah, I, I definitely start from traffic and kind of work your way down the funnel to see where people are dropping out.
1: Okay, yeah, that's a good answer. So, <clears throat> one thing that yeah that I find kind of interesting. So the, the idea that we've we've got we're looking at that conversion rate. I think a lot of people might have problems identifying if their conversion rate is, is too high or too low. And, and frustratingly, this is one of those questions really, isn't it? That we can't really give an answer to, to any specific businesses that are out there because, you know, it varies so much from kind of industry to industry. Is, is there any kind of answer that you can give that might be helpful when somebody says, you know, is this conversion rate good enough? What, what, what would you kind of say to that?
0: Yeah, it really depends on the thing that you're offering people. So if your conversion rate is much below 1%, then that tells me that either your traffic really isn't qualified. So like they're coming in from Google Images and they're searching for a picture of a cow and they find a picture of a cow on your website and you sell beef you know, then they're not really qualified traffic. They're just, you know, it's just completely irrelevant traffic. So you might have a low conversion rate in that case. If your traffic is qualified and you have a conversion rate that's much below 1%, then I'd say that we probably need to have some kind of call to action on the site, which is targeted at people at an earlier stage of the funnel. So you might see this, let's say for example, that we're trying to sell, let's say that we're trying to sell yachts. And we use a really stupid example, but let's say that we're trying to sell yachts through Google AdWords and the call to action on the website is buy yachts. Okay, so we're asking for them to make a 10 million or a 50 million pound purchase straight from Google AdWords. Well, obviously, that's going to have a super low conversion rate. We should be aiming to show them a call to action, which is going to get them at least from Google AdWords. It should be. I don't know, what, two, five percent, something like that, if it's a, you know, if it's a lead generator. So we'd have a call to action, something like download a free brochure or book a free consultation or, you know, start your quote or, you know, something like that, whatever, whatever your people would do. So anything that's that's super low conversion rate, like below, say, half a percent, then it, it tells me that either the traffic's not qualified or the call to action isn't early stage enough. You know, we've got landing pages that will drive Facebook traffic too, which are converting at, you know, 35, 40%. The page for our website and marketing review converts at over 33%. Y- y- you get the call to action right, you make the thing compelling enough and you get a much higher conversion rate. Yeah, anything below, say, half a percent, I'd I'd have a look at the CTA.
1: Yeah, I mean, you touched on an interesting point there that if your conversion rate for your service is, is very low, like you say, for a, for a yacht, you know, it's an expensive purchase. So people are probably not going to convert on their first visit to the website. I, I like what you mentioned there that the best thing that you can be doing is focusing on, on an earlier stage of, of the process. So maybe, you know, for, in terms of, you know, Google Analytics and that kind of thing, you, you're setting your conversion goal earlier in the funnel but from the from the sales funnel point of view what we're doing is we're focusing on an earlier stage of that process
0: as well right yeah the the exception here is if like you're the guy who builds the yachts and you can each lead that you get takes you you know six months to deal with then you don't necessarily want to have a, a massive funnel. You just want the really qualified people. But that's typically the exception. So yeah, if it you know aim for aim for a, a someone who's a potential customer. You want to be getting people in who are potential customers. You don't just want to be getting the people that are I'm definitely ready to buy because you're wasting all of those people that at some point are gonna buy. You're gonna have to pay to get them back on your site if you don't capture them now. So, okay, so. Another
1: um, question that I had as well uh, you, you might start with a with a reasonably good conversion rate and then you might see that conversion rate go down but that's actually because what you did is you sort of increased the the broad message that you've got at the, at the top of your funnel. So what I'm thinking about is you know businesses like a, like a, a large national brand I would imagine that they probably have quite a quite a low conversion rate because they get a lot of a lot of window shoppers. People that you know they're in. They would. They they aspire to get that that item, but maybe they maybe they go onto the website hundreds of times before they actually purchase anything. So so do you think that you know pe- sometimes people place too much of an emphasis on the on the conversion rate numbers and actually you know if you're getting half the conversion rate but triple the traffic, then actually you're still making more money.
0: Yeah, obviously the the whole goal here is 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 sales. I do think that if You know we we see it for example quite a lot when a site will focus really heavily on blogging and because they do that they get a lot of organic traffic which isn't necessarily qualified so the traffic will go up massively like you say and the conversion rate will fall because previously they were getting all You know they're having people search for their brand name right and if someone searches their for your brand name they already know you they already trust you so you're gonna have a much higher conversion rate so yeah it's not necessarily a bad thing if conversion rate falls but what i would say is if you start getting a load of blog traffic that isn't converting don't just say oh you know oh this is really broad traffic it's not really qualified you can't really do anything with it we still should be trying to get conversions out of that blog traffic now you might be getting them converting on something that's You know totally different a free guide a free video course or whatever but that that you know that tells me that you need to have it it, classic isn't it We, we work we work with an accountant and the accountant cta is book a free meeting well that's fine if someone's searching for accountant in their area if someone's searching for um how does bookkeeping work for example which is a phrase that i think they rank you know top three positions in the uk for they're not really giving them any sort of useful cta because that person could be in australia that person could be in cornwall right nowhere near the business so they can't take the free meeting so once we start getting that broader traffic we have to look at okay is this person who came in for what does bookkeeping mean are they a potential customer well, yes they are because these guys do offer a virtual accountancy service so we need to change the cta to to help that blog traffic you know to to, to help us qualify and help us convert that lower quality traffic or that further up the funnel traffic.
1: Yeah, I like, I like that. I like what you said there. So, um, if we kind of bring that back to the the sales funnel, essentially what you're, you're doing there is you've got somebody that's at the awareness stage and, and your, your regular sales funnel, you know, sales message is not relevant to that per- person. So, what you're having to do is you're going to have to think about a different way to get them from from awareness to interest in in your business, aren't you? So, uh, are you? Would you say that you're developing a a a second sales funnel, or would you say that you're just you're just figuring out a way to get that? You know, a, a separate method for
0: generating interest. Yeah, it's basically taking your website from somebody who works at a checkout. Right, So someone who works at a checkout, people come up with products and they just scan them through. They just take the orders. That's like a website that has no visibility. Someone knows this accountancy firm, so they type their address into, into Google or into their browser and then they just, you know, they contact them and say, hey, can I buy from you? So that's the, that's the kind of real basic beginner stage of a website. Where we're going here is we're turning it into more like a media property. So by ranking for loads of phrases, by getting loads of organic traffic, we have to start thinking about what's gonna appeal to people that are at a much earlier stage of the buying process. Um, Just using Exposure Ninja as an example. If somebody searches for, you know, what's a good bounce rate, they, they might find our site. Now, is that person as qualified as someone who's searched for Exposure Ninja? Or Tim Kitchen? No, they're they're definitely not. Because someone who searches for bounce rate could be anybody, right? Could be someone who just saw it written on a toilet wall and they're on their phone and they decide to type it in. So they could be the least qualified people in the world. But mixed in with all of those guys, there are going to be people that could be potential customers. So we have to we have to adapt our CTA there, and we have to whether we create something which is a course on bounce rate or something like that we have to think about how we can get this real top of funnel traffic and it might even end up you know for us it ends up in being like a slightly different business with marketing you where we offer training to people around these things so yeah you know getting lots of traffic can mean that your business takes a slightly different turn as well but your ctas definitely have to adapt to whatever's landing on your site
1: Okay, yeah, that's a really good answer. One additional thing that I wonder about that I know that for Exposure Ninja, certainly we might have people that aren't ever going to become customers, but we still have we still get value from them because they they provide things like social proof and they provide things like like case studies and that kind of thing for us. So they they will you know leave a review on Facebook and they'll say you know the the marketing review was so helpful. I'm doing all of it myself. And, you know we're, we're sitting there thinking well you know you haven't bought anything from us but we're still happy because that person's giving us a great review and then other people are going to say are going to be in a slightly different position and then maybe they'll sign up on the basis of that so what i wonder about that is is that part of the sales funnel or is that a a different topic we're going to have a, a discussion about another time
0: i think that's definitely part of the sales funnel those people i mean we see it all, i don't want to talk just about us but we see it all the time. So. Well, there's two possible situations. Someone will be at a company which has absolutely no marketing budget, so they're trying to do everything themselves. There are two possible outcomes there. Either that, or there are three possible outcomes. That person does all the work themselves and they get a really good result and it's fine and it's awesome. And then they come back and say, hey, exposure ninja is freaking amazing. You guys helped me to do all of this stuff, which as you say, looks really good, makes us feel all happy and all of that stuff. So that's great, we take that outcome. The next outcome is that they get their business far enough and they see some results from it and then that allows them to become a client later on. So this also happens a lot. So that's a great outcome too. The third outcome is that they end up not working for that company, they go and join someone else who does have our budget and then they come to us anyway. So you know, just just focus on helping your audience get closer towards their goals. If you do that enough, they will come to you, right? That's there's no better way to build desire than actually help someone get closer to their goals. So, if your funnel's designed to do that, if your content's designed to do that, you won't have a problem with this.
1: Fantastic. Right. um, So I've got a couple of of more questions just before we finish. Some people will expand the sales funnel. The the normal sales funnel is uh, going from awareness to interest to desire and then finally action. Some people add on an additional two, which would be becoming loyal to the brand and then advocating for the brand. Do you think that's a a useful thing to to add on to the sales funnel or, or should they be considered separately as something else?
0: I guess it kind of ties into the to the to the previous question, it, it, it is part of the sales funnel, the first thing, ha- the desire has to come first. So if you take someone through the sales funnel, and you get them to the desire stage, but then just not able to purchase from you, then that's when advocacy and loyalty happens. Also, you know, that stuff also happens from people who have purchased from you and had a really good experience that's a kind of back-end process, right? That's down to your service delivery, that's down to your follow-up as well. And part of the sales funnel that we haven't talked about is that follow-up process. So what happens once they've purchased from you, what's your, you know, what what are the email streams that they get, what are the posts that they see on social once they've followed you, what their interactions with you after that. So I, I think certainly taking care of your sales funnel will get you a large part of the way towards loyalty and advocacy. For us it, it you know, it get we have people that are extremely loyal who've never bought anything from us. Right. It's crazy. We we get people who've they see so much of our stuff that they'll email and say, Hey, I've got you know, I've got this website, I don't really know how you guys could help, but I just really want to work with you. And it's like, well, you know, we there's not even been a call to action there. We haven't even we haven't even given them a possible action step. They've we've just built so much desire that they've just kind of spurted into uh into an overflow of desire so i think if you if you get the sales funnel right that stuff kind of takes care of itself okay no that's a, that's
1: good uh, so so we focus on the building desire phase and, and the loyalty and advocacy will, will come as part of that that's cool So the last thing I want to do is I just want to um, try and wrap this up and bring everything together. So we've talked about the sales funnel, we talked about the different stages of the sales funnel. How can somebody use all of this information to improve their business? What
0: should they actually be taking away from this that's actionable? The first stage is to have a look at your business as it stands today and see if you can identify which part of your sales funnel needs the most attention. So are people seeing you are potential customers seeing you a lot if they're not then that is the obvious first thing because without that nothing happens without that visibility you can have the you know you can have a hundred percent conversion rate if you've got zero visitors then you've got zero sales so that's the first thing is to identify exactly where the breakdown is coming the second thing is to make sure that you have content focused on each stage so when you're doing marketing make sure that you're for example writing blog posts which are going to be interesting to people who are not yet ready to take an action with you so the informational broad block blog posts the reason that you're doing that is because you're starting to build a bit of a sales funnel then when you have an email list you can start sending people to these blog posts because they're interesting. They're going to help to kind of accumulate desire in their minds, and and then when you send out an office and they're going to take action. So I think firstly identify the, um, the the stages that you might be you might be lacking, and then secondly make a conscious attempt to create something for each stage of the funnel to kind of drop people down. Okay, cool. Um, so hopefully
1: this episode has gone out just after the uh, the twelve month marketing plan episode which we've recorded. i i like the idea that somebody could use the information from from this episode to to really kind of figure out which areas they should be focusing on in in which order as well so yeah hopefully that'll make sense assuming that that episode was has um just gone out already and you listened to that one already we can but cross (laughs) offing okay cool well thanks for listening everybody and i hope you've enjoyed this episode of the exposure ninja podcast if you haven't already then please do go over to exposure ninja.com forward slash review get your free marketing review and one of our sales ninjas will go through your website with a fine tooth comb and explain about uh, every marketing stage that uh, that we know about and try and give you an idea about where you should be putting your marketing budget next and uh yeah if you have enjoyed this episode then please do leave a review on whichever podcast platform you've uh, you've found us on